Prioritas is in position, Captain. Crew has been evacuated. Elcubieri is working as intended. So this is it. This is how it ends for the USS Prioritas. Not fighting Klingons, Borg, Iconians. No, she goes out with grace. She goes out a hero, a savior, as she deserves. Aye, that she does. Captain, the Protectorate is waiting. We'll need some time to clear the supernova's blast radius. Hmm. Canada to Protectorate. Four to beam up. Energize. A ship in port is safe, but that's not what ships are built for. Rear Admiral Grace Brewster Murray Hopper. And three years ago, I stood not as efficient, but as captain. So Captain Allison Kenna, I know how you feel now. Nervousness, excitement, pride. But if you allow me to pass on some inspirational words I heard that day. Starfleet speaks to a basic sentient need that there is a tomorrow. It's not all going to be over with a big flash and a bomb. This is the living adventure, and it's just begun. So with that, it is my honor to officially christen the Odyssey Class USS Prioritas Registration NCC-22812 Alpha. Now, if you folks would excuse us, I must escort the captain and commander to their post. This way, please. Look at you getting important. Admiralty Sitcher Brandon. Though it feels like just yesterday I was taking this same walk with Captain Flakes and Admiral Schalt. <laughs> it sure does, Mark. It sure does. The, uh, the ship was a little smaller, no? Oh, we bet, yeah. So, how much longer do I have to wait before being properly introduced to the great Captain Allison Kenna, savior of Talar? Hmm. Charmer, I was there too, you know. Admiral, it is an honor, sir. It is in large part because of you that there is a second vessel bearing the name Prioritas. Your efforts started this lineage. <laughs> All right, that's enough feather ruffling, Captain. Let's get you in the chair, shall we? Only if you see fit, Admiral. Good luck with him. <laughs> Thanks. This way, please. Hey, wait up! Cookie! Permission to come aboard, Captain? Well, you're already aboard, Cookie, so... Captain, this was a last-minute officer transfer awaiting your approval. I approved temporary status until you could get to it. Didn't think you'd mind. Of course not. But weren't you promoted to first officer of the Carnare? Meh. I didn't join Starfleet for career advancement. I joined it for, well, this... Then welcome aboard, Chief Medical Officer Cookie Cupcakes. Join us on the bridge, won't you? Of course. Then let's get to it. This way, please. One last wrinkle, Captain. Oh?
bridge. The Odyssey class, with its command functions, crew complement, and facilities, allow for exploration of larger portions of the universe and for longer periods of time. Your crew and passengers will reflect some of these features. Of note is acclaimed Vulcan scientist and member of the Vulcan Science Council, Jace Pentad. Jace is here? Oh, sorry. <clears throat> Furthermore, there is a vice admiral that has requested operating space aboard your ship. It's your command. He's just running bureaucracy from it. Very well, sir. Admiral, permission to speak freely? Granted. This is unorthodox, sir. Do you think this is going to cause confusion amongst the crew? Is this going to become a problem in my commanding the Prioritas, Admiral? Good afternoon, Captain. Mind if I take an office aboard the Prioritas? You get first dibs. Elijah? (laughs) I'm certain it won't. But now, I must take my leave. Good luck, folks. Continue to honor the name Prioritas. Captain... Your seat awaits. Let's start this adventure, then. Maneuvering thrusters to full. Increase to quarter impulse. Prepare warp engines. Lay in a course. Engage. Engage. This episode of Priority One Podcast is brought to you by our Patreon supporter, Mizugai. We thank him and all our other patrons for their monthly support. Admirals, you're listening to episode 249 of Prior to Win Podcast, the premier Star Trek Online podcast recorded live on Thursday, November 19th, 2015, and available for download or streaming on Monday, November 23rd at PriorToWinPodcast.com. I'm Mark. And I'm Kenna. And in the recording studio is our audio engineer, Winters. Hello. Kenna, what's coming up in this episode? Well, today we're trekking out the latest spacesuit designs for NASA's Mars program. In Star Trek Online News, we're taking a first look at the new featured episode Stormbound and learning about the new space and ground trait revamp. We've also got the latest in our series of interviews about how you, the Stowe community, are using the Armada system. And as always, before we wrap things up, we'll open hailing frequencies for your incoming messages. Admirals, as you know, this is the last episode before our big 250th. And as we've been hinting at, for the last few weeks there are some big changes in store. First off, we should say that after this show, we are taking a week off and we'll be back with a live recording of the 250th episode on Thursday, December 3rd, and it will be available to download or stream on Monday the 7th. The biggest news, though, is that we are changing the format of the show to bring you even more of the Star Trek content you love, from familiar voices you've come to know over the years. Priority One podcast will no longer be just the premier Star Trek online podcast. We're aiming to make it the premier Star Trek podcast. So to that end, Elijah is coming back on to co-host and will be featuring Cookie and Jace in their own segments with help from a few other voices as well. 
and we'll be expanding our content to include more of the Star Trek fandom while still keeping up with Star Trek Online. Throughout the change, you'll still be able to get in touch with us on our social media channels and of course we want to hear from you. You can comment on our website, PriorityOnePodcast.com, join the discussion at our Facebook page at Facebook.com forward slash PriorityOnePodcast or follow us on Twitter at PriorityOnePod. And finally, thanks again to all our Patreon supporters, old and new, who make this show possible from week to week. Because of your support, the servers stay on, the power keeps flowing, and the team keeps producing. Help us improve the show by considering a financial contribution via our Patreon page at patreon.com forward slash priority one. And now, let's check out the progress in NASA's journey to Mars. I don't know. Then let's check it out. For this week's Trek It Out, we're going to catch up with NASA's plans for Mars exploration. For those of you who might not be familiar, NASA is currently working to a plan that would see a manned mission to Mars sometime in the 2030s. That might seem far away, but if you think about it, we're as far away from the turn of the last millennium as we are from 2030, so really, it's bearing down on us quickly. Today I want to focus on one of the key elements of any manned mission, and that, of course, is the clothing. Because everyone knows that Space Barbie is the real endgame. In all seriousness though, a functioning extravehicular activity or EVA suit will mean the difference between survival and death on the surface of another planet, and the requirements for an EVA suit to be used on Mars are significantly different from the ones currently in production, which are used for spacewalks outside of either a shuttle or a space station. Most notably, it needs to be mobile and light enough and flexible enough for someone to maneuver in it. They'll need to be able to walk, look around, gather samples, and of course, get into and out of habitats and rovers. Now, it might seem like it would be relatively simple. An astronaut just needs to breathe, right? But one of the major issues on the surface of Mars is actually cosmic radiation. The magnetosphere of Mars is very weak compared to that of Earth. And here on Earth, it's the magnetosphere that protects us by deflecting a great deal of solar particles and galactic cosmic rays. So if you're going to walk around on Mars, you'll need a lot of radiation shielding. Once you've got that in place, the next most important thing is actually that your suit is built to deal with all the heat and moisture your body gives off naturally. Oh yeah, and it needs to be able to maintain enough air pressure for you to breathe, and deal with all the carbon dioxide you'll be exhaling. So you can see how building all that into a lightweight, flexible EVA suit presents a rather formidable challenge. Well, back in October, NASA unveiled the latest candidate designs for the new spacesuits it's working on, and let me tell you, they look cool. Obviously, it's not the looks that are important, but hey, if you're going to be walking around on another planet, sorry, but you want to look cool doing it. Anyway, there are two prototypes currently being tested in ground conditions, the PXS Prototype Exploration Suit and the Z2 Planetary Surface Suit, and of course, we'll link to some pictures and further information in the show notes. So while it may seem like the idea of a manned mission to Mars is a long way off, NASA is certainly taking the first steps. Now, have you guys seen these yet? Oh yeah, I really like the look of them. Well, now, the Z2 suit in particular is one that's really cool because they held a competition, I think it was last year? Um, well, not a, I'm not sure if it was a competition or if it was just a voting on designs that they already have, but it came out, basically, it looks like a Tron suit. Mm-hmm. Which is just 
cool anyway. But then this thing has got like luminescent uh, sort of red uh, lines going down the side and sort of a glowing thing, which is supposedly to help visibility. And also, I think, really, because it looks cool. That's my theory. I haven't actually seen this yet, but uh, I probably will check it out. I remember watching a documentary quite a few years ago on the current spacesuits, and it was comparing them to armor that was invented, you know, hundreds of years ago for knights, and how they use the same principles in designing EV suits for astronauts. And certain parts of the armor has, you know hasn't evolved or there hasn't been any new change in it and it was just perfect back in the day and it you know it's adopted for making ev suits but it was really really interesting so i'm definitely going to check this one out have you discovered something that you think the rest of our listeners would enjoy hearing about a new advancement in science or tech that you would like us to cover then send it over to us via incoming at prior to one podcast.com now let's find out what happened this week in star trek online Computer, status report. Status. Incoming message. I'm only in the mood for good news today. As of maintenance last week, the new featured episode Stormbound went live. The story of Caldano and the Tox attack continues. Stormbound will take us across time to save a civilization from the Tholians and recover a weapon that will upset the galaxy. The rewards do seem pretty interesting for this too if you've had a chance to check them out. One of the blogs highlighted the Quantum Phase application set, fancy, saying that there's a three-piece bonus between, I think it is, a deflector, a shield and a set of impulse engines that are coming. Obviously blogs throughout the next coming weeks will highlight them a little bit more. But the two-piece bonus is a shield frequency cycling. The two-piece bonus increases your shield capacity while reducing the damage your shields takes from energy weapons. And the three-piece, the energy weapon entanglement, this three-piece bonus enhances your energy weapon's fire when activated. While active, your weapon's fire applies a stacking energy weapon debuff to foes while increasing your energy weapon damage by the same amount. The ship sale to benefit Chase Masterson's charity, the Pop Culture Hero Coalition, is now finished and we'd like to extend a big well done to everyone for raising over $54,000 in total. Of course, the work doesn't stop there and if you missed the promotion or if you'd just like to make another contribution, you can still donate directly. Just go to popcultureherocoalition.com and press the donate button. In a long sought after change, the trait system has received a little bit of an update. The current personal traits have been split into two panels in the UI, ground and space. The blog states that players will have access to the same number of traits, nine for a normal, ten if you're playing an alien species, for both sections. They'll unlock at the same level as before. To this, new traits have been added to the pool. Four ground and 14 additional space traits have been added, available to all characters regardless of species, giving players more choice. For a list of all these new traits, make sure you check out the link in the blog in our show notes. And moving on to patch notes. Most of this week's patch notes are regarding either the addition of Stormbound as a featured episode or regarding the improvements to the trait system. One thing to note, the previous featured episode, Sunrise, has been moved into the Future Proof tab and is now a level 60 mission. The issue with gold subscribers not receiving 10 dry dock slots should now be fixed. If you were one of the players affected by that issue, you should now have 10 slots when you next log in. 
Like we talked about last week, the updating of advanced cues is also continuing. This week, it was Kittimer Vortex Advanced that got the treatment. Just a reminder, advanced and normal versions now have the same objectives and advanced cannot fail. Also, rewards are the same or greater than before. Another issue we talked about last week was not being able to skip missions in the Iconian War. This has also now been fixed, provided that you're the correct level, of course. Finally, you should note that the Foundry is still unavailable. No word yet on when that will be back up. As always, I'd recommend you check out the full patch notes for yourself. We'll leave a link to them in the show notes for this episode at PriorityOnePodcast.com forward slash PO249. And finally, before we move on, it's time for this week's community question. With the winter event coming up, what do you think this year's promotional ship will be? There are only a few days left of the Mirror Universe Invasion event. Until the 26th of November, players can complete the daily PvE queue to earn marks and multidimensional transporters. Collecting 14 multidimensional transporters and contributing them to the event reputation project will earn you the brand new Mirror Universe Agony Rifle and a selection of other prizes. There is an R&D weekend scheduled for this weekend, the 26th through the 30th of November, and don't forget there are also only a few days left to get your hands on a lifetime subscription for the bargain price of $199. As always, these events are subject to change without notice. Be sure to keep an eye on the in-game calendar or keep tuning in to Priority One Podcast for the latest updates. That wraps up Star Trek Online news this week. Now let's check in with the Star Trek Alliance of role players in the next instalment of our Armada series. So Admirals, in today's Community Spotlight, we've got another interview exploring how you, the community, are using the Armada system. We're joined today by Zane from Star Trek Alliance of Role Players, or STAR. Zane, welcome to the show. Thanks for having me on. So Zane, why don't we start at the beginning? Just give us an idea of what your fleets were like before, and then how you came together. Well, what happened was uh, we had kind of been into a, uh, I want to say, a pre-multi-fleet system before Armadas hit, mm-hmm. and uh, we did not have a very good experience with it. It was it was a uh, it was a kind of collection of roleplay fleets, and what happened really was we kind of lost our uh, individuality and our. Um, want to say fleet image and uh, roleplay background so what happened was we had to shift from that mm-hmm. and then star kind of came out of the idea of well why don't we have a whole bunch of roleplay fleets together and you know give them a environment in which they can all be you know their own person keep their own story while keeping their own storylines intact right, right. so um, that's kind of how star was born but also a big deal of it was everybody that was a part of it had to have an ability to influence what was going on. So that's how the Star Constitution and some of the other governing documents came about, was I wanted the ability for others to have a say in how we did things, contrary to how we used to participate in our old fleet system. Okay. So... Let's talk about the Armada itself. Uh, can you give me an introduction into how it's how it's structured? Well, currently, there the only the only structure that really is there is that there's presence in the Armada. What we what we try to, what we try to negotiate with is where the fleet, where an incoming fleet might best be suited, like you know, Beta or Gamma, depending on their member count stuff like that. It's the idea that 
while the bonus is not immediately what we're going for, it's something to keep in mind. So, you know, since our fleet, the trust is at the top, we're going to get the skill point bonus. But, you know, if we could if we could rearrange it as needed without having to deform the entire armada and yeah. reform it, we would totally do it. Yeah. But since we're kind of since we're kind of stuck with very long cooldown times on that, we have to think with respect to fleet size and how much how much they do to, you know, craft things like that. So, that's why we have some fleets in Gamma that, you know, are medium-sized, but the larger or smaller fleets tend to be Gammas, so that way they get the Dilithium bonus and they can right. build a little bit quicker. Okay. If that makes any kind of sense. Yeah, no, that does make sense. Um, so, uh, besides just the structure and all of that, how, what is it that you think makes Star unique as an armada or as a collection of fleets? Well, the fact, I think the thing that makes it unique is that not only do we have a... a good amount of uh, established fleets like the Alpha Centauri Institute and the 26th Fleet. Uh, what I like to think makes us unique is that we have governing documents that say what we can and can't do so that way we have rules on paper. So yep. it's a lot easier to conduct business when you know where your boundaries are. Okay. Plus, everybody, everybody gets a say and an opportunity to help govern how the Armada functions. Okay. One last point I think I'd like to make is that I made accommodations in the Constitution, which, mind you, was heavily red penned by some of my, some of my very, very good friends in game because mm -hmm. they said I was just too dang conservative with it. <laughs> <laughs> An important uh, accommodation is that you don't have to be a part. You don't have to even be a fleet to join Star. Mm -hmm. The idea is that. Anybody can join, whether it be a fleet or an individual, and be able to participate in this role in this roleplay community without, you know, having to worry about getting trolled or being put down for what you believe in. Mm -hmm. The star the star philosophy is encompassing in that it's supposed to allow everyone to just come together under one roof and be able to roleplay and experience and you know, enjoy the roleplay experience in game with others. Yeah. No, uh, you've mentioned roleplay a lot, actually. Um, and I'd like to talk a little bit about roleplay in general in Star Trek Online. It's an aspect of the game that doesn't really get a lot of attention, maybe in the mainstream player base. Can you give me an example of the types of events that you guys run um, and the types of things that you do as a roleplaying armada? Well, since we have exact, we have a total of 647 members right now, how many of those are actually unique handles is hard for me to say. But since we have a lot of, we have fleets that have their own roleplay storylines, which we really don't want to encroach upon, what, we, what we've been trying to do is, you know, just get some general, just get some general roleplay going with someone just shouting in the Armada channel, hey, is anyone up for RP? Mm -hmm. Go from there. But um, we have been working to try and get some more, some more people in here that would be able to help shoulder the burden. I have been talking to the storytellers, but they, they have their own internal processes, and I totally respect that from a um, governance standpoint. But yeah. um, really, what we're, really what we've been talking about is you know, getting a lot more interest and, as a result, a lot more activity. Because mm -hmm. a lot, a lot of us, a lot of us are still on Eastern Standard Time or Central Standard Time, so we're mostly, a lot of us are still United States based, but we're trying to bring, we're trying to bring in some more, 
um, interest from those that usually are on around Greenwich Mean Time, you know, yep. other other times that enjoy Star Trek as much as we do. Because this is not something that I'm very familiar with, the role play aspect of Star Trek Online. If somebody was interested in getting started, maybe that sounds like something that might be interesting to them. Where should they start? Well, gosh, there's a lot of places to start. Generally, public maps are probably the best place to start. You know, Deep, Deep Space Nine tends to be the uh, tends to be the gathering place. Once upon a time, it was Drazana Station before it got the uh, map overhaul. But um, public maps are probably the best place to start, especially DS9. The 26th Fleet does offer the open Starbase project still, and that is reachable by joining the in-game chat channel SB381, usually just dropping a, uh, a request to dock in character will net you a invite to the Starbase, and they do police it pretty well, so you have an opportunity to really, really not have to worry about, you know, anybody trying to troll you or just trying to be rude to you in general, but, yeah. uh, I'm also I've also been working on recently and this is totally something that uh this is totally something I've been just doing in my free time just for kicks mm-hmm. is a uh generally accepted roleplay rules for Star Trek online. And yeah. what this is is kind of, you know, my o- my own observations on how people tend to do roleplay within Star Trek online because, you know, as with any MMORPG, the roleplay is, you know, it's its own it's its own uh, creature. So yeah. it take it takes some observation, but yeah, you know, it's some it's it can be things as little as how people calculate the star dates because that's actually that's actually sometimes a hitch um, mm-hmm. to to as much as you know third person versus first person, you right? Know? So it's just little things like that. That's kind of what we that's what I can suggest right now and kind of a hint at what I've been working on to help get some people get some more people interested since it's such a you know a robust lore yeah okay so going back to the armada system um besides the dilithium and xp bonuses that you actually you know that you get within the structure in game of the armada system can you give us a quick rundown of some of the other benefits that you would get by being a member fleet of star well one of the benef- one of the benefits of being a member fleet of star i'd have to say one of the largest benefits is that you would absolutely, your fleet would absolutely have an ability to interact with others and would have the ability to help shape the Armada's operational functions. Mm-hmm. In fact, um, I do ha- we did make a meeting rules template for what we call the Coalition Council, which is mm-hmm. our, it's our, me- it's our meeting every Tuesday that uh, we can talk and introduce any new information or legislation to help keep the armada operating smoothly or try and introduce some ideas for getting some role play going but yeah, so this um, is like the armada leadership yes 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 um my uh my position is the president pro tempore which is largely a you know it's just kind of a uh token leader position mm-hmm. really i made sure that when we were making the constitution that the original power to run the armada came from the coalition council right so Really, they have the fun- really. I can bring I can bring up anything I want, but they are the ones that have the final say. Okay. So that was another that was another um, issue that we had encountered long ago with the pre Armada fleet group that we were with was mm-hmm. that there was too much power at the top. So we tried to find a way to balance that out, but still have you know a workable system. Yeah, and is most of that done offline? So not really within the game, but somewhere else. 
Oh no, um, we do we do meet in game usually every Tuesday at seven p.m. Central Standard Time, I believe. Mm-hmm. The times always get me because there's a lot of people on the East Coast, and I'm yeah. I'm in I'm in the Central Midwest of the United States. So um, that's usually when we meet on Tuesdays. Um, recently, we haven't had a whole lot of action because of the release of Season Eleven and some major game releases outside of the game, like you know Fallout Four. <laughs> so the uh, population count's been a little low, but that usually tends to pick up around winter because it gets mm-hmm. pretty cold out in the U.S. But um, I think that's probably about what I was trying to get at. Okay. Um, so finally, how can a player or a fleet maybe get in touch with you or any of the other fleets to find out more about Star? Well, there's a variety of ways. Usually contacting anyone in any of the member fleets, which are the Trust, the Alpha Centauri Institute, the 37th Defense Fleet, the 5th Special Operations Division, or the 26th Fleet, would be able to point you to someone that will probably end up pointing to me. Mm-hmm. But that's just that's just as a fact. That's just a fact of uh, convenience because I'm almost in in game all the time now. Now that I can connect via pigeon, mm-hmm. but they can contact anyone in one of the member fleets. They can also join the channel Star Public, which has been allocated especially for a use such as that. It enables people without characters that are in the Armada. Mm-hmm. Or um, just, you know, the general public to be able to, you know, link and ask, you know, hey, what's going on? And then past that, just, you know, mailing or PMing me in-game at my handle at Zane the Sage. So I think that's about it. Okay, that's fantastic. Well, thank you very much, Zane, for joining us on Priority One today. And we'll hope to see you in-game sometime. Yeah, thank you for having me. Now, let's open hailing frequencies and see what's incoming. Message coming in, sir. Hailing frequencies. Open. See Well, Admirals, we're at the part of the show where we open hailing frequencies for your incoming messages. Last week's community question was, what would you like to see done with the captain's table? Maybe it's a new service or other goodies. Give us your best ideas. First off, one of our Patreon supporters sent us a message on SpeakPipe. Have a listen. Hi, this is Chris Keane, and I'd like to weigh in on the community question for suggestions on how to make the captain's table a little better. Uh, One of the ways I thought of is maybe uh, have a contact on the captain's table that will reward you some a little bit of energy credits for accolades that you acquire in-game. I believe doing this will get people to go to the captain's table and it will also get other captains to go for the gold membership um, without actually annoying too many people over it. Thank you. I actually think it's a very good idea, rewarding you for accolades. Yeah, that would be quite nice. Yeah, and I think he's right that it would potentially encourage more people to stump up for a gold membership when they might otherwise not, just Mm. to get that little bit of extra reward out of the accolade system. Next up, Word Callus posted via priorityonepodcast.com. The one thing that is needed are target dummies. The devs have the ability to spawn helpless things to shoot at, but players don't. The captain's table would be a great place to create a series of shielded and unshielded space and ground target dummies players can use for their build testing and bug checking. Currently players have to PvP to test things and player ships and NPCs are built very differently and this causes discrepancies. RTK142 posted on PriorityOnePodcast.com As always, great show, glad you're getting back into the audio drama at the beginning of the episodes. 
and thank you again for mentioning Cecily Adams not being on the memorial plaque. As for the captain's table, there are lots of things that could be done. For instance, a higher stakes Dabo game could be fun. Also, perhaps getting more EC for selling items, and maybe, just maybe, they could add a dilithium refiner that lets you refine, say, 4,000 more dilithium daily. I'm totally on for that idea for the NPC contacts for getting a little mm-hmm. bit more EC and refining dilithium. But yeah. if you guys remember the last interview we had with Al, he put that idea out there or said no to that idea because he believed that players would not like to go to, have to go to the captain's table and yeah. they demand that it, everyone would have it. So I don't think it's something that's going to likely happen, but I'm all behind it. I think it should. I think um, if people are subscribing and they're gold members, there should be perks for them. So I'm totally behind the idea of um, getting slightly more EC for uh, loot drops and also being able to refine higher quantities of dilithium only at the captain's table. Lieutenant Dan commented via prior to winpodcast.com. I think a Hall of Fame at the Captain's Table would be a cool way to honour Star Trek Captains. They could place models, holograms on the wall of the different Enterprises, maybe even Picard's ready room painting of the 1701D. Also, interactive portraits with Captain character bios from the show would be good, similar to how the Boothby Memorial is at Starfleet Academy. They could have plaques and portraits of Kirk, Picard, Sisko, Janeway and Archer. It would be similar to how the White House has portraits of former presidents. I'm not sure if there are restrictions with what CBS would allow Cryptic to do here, but this would make a legitimately cool place to visit and hang out. It would also add to immersion with these in-universe biographies, and it may draw gamers who have never seen the shows to start watching them. Sean Newboy posted on PriorityOnePodcast.com As for the captain's table, 1. Special vendors with daily deals, basic items, but every day something is cheap, very cheap. Commodities for one thing. 2. Special DOF missions. Something like this is already there. 3. Special Admiralty missions. 4. Temporary assets for DOF and Admiralty systems by a one-off ship or DOF. Wonderful show, everyone. Keep up the excellent work. Star Chaser commented, The Captain's Table has characters that you meet in some of the early episodes and some redacted episodes of STO, but the character roster in the Captain's Table has not been updated. I would like to see new characters introduced. I would also like to see different characters at different times of the day. One day you could come in and see Harry Kim and Tom Paris talking about the Delta Quadrant. Another day you may see Captain Sean and Worf finally having that talk. See episode Sphere of Influence. Another day, Sela might be staring out of the window, stealing her resolve for an upcoming war. There could even be accolades attached to meeting and interacting with characters. Having an updated and rotating roster will, I think, encourage players to come back. Cryptic could also perhaps place in characters that we will meet in future episodes. And I also want to know what is in that message that Carlin has sent or will send to me. Gavin Runeblade posted on PriorityOnePodcast.com was great to hear Chase react to how many of the ship bundles were sold in the first two hours. It's days like this, I'm really proud of our community. For the captain's table, my suggestion would be an NPC temporal agent that has all the removed story arcs. I think this would tie nicely into the season 11 storyline, be a great nod to those players who enjoyed the missing missions. Personally, I dearly miss the Klingons versus Tribbles mission, and it avoids the issue Gecko raised about forcing players to go there. And finally, a message from Jake Cobb. Great show is always P1. Chase seems like a true lady. 
Thanks for having her on to discuss not only STO, but her great cause. In regards to the captain's table, my suggestion isn't so much a new idea, but an argument for its implementation. It's been suggested before that the table becomes sort of a doff hub, or section of space that houses the most popular and or lucrative missions. This could include, but not limited to, marauding, an exploration cluster catch-all, alpha quadrant officer exchanges and materials, Solene crafting missions and more. Alrivera has argued that he has heard this suggestion before but refers back to ship interior DOF missions and the outcry of players to allow access to said missions without map change. However, map change would be inevitable to access this wide variety of missions. This system would be a quality of life improvement, not solely a feature to encourage visitation or functionality of a said area by providing unique content, like BOF DOF missions. Also, there has been reluctance to add playable content behind the captain's table's pay gate wall. Again, I reassert that this isn't new or unique content but a quality of life improvement. It centralises content rather than adding anything new. Great community question. Keep up the awesome work team. Each week, our social media channels are busy with your thoughts, opinions and suggestions for the show. Please keep them coming. Reach out to us on facebook.com forward slash priority one podcast. Follow us on Twitter at Priority One Pod or shoot an email to incoming at Priority One Podcast.com. Well, that wraps up episode 249 of Priority One Podcast. But before we go, here's a reminder of this week's community question. With the winter event coming up, what do you think this year's promotional ship will be? Admirals, you know we love hearing from you. Let us know what you think of the show and submit your responses for our community question in the comments section on our website, on our Facebook page or with a Twitter reply. We're also now taking submissions for our end of year blooper special. Send us an email with your favourite along with the episode it came from and timestamp if you're keen and tune in at the end of December to see if it made the cut. Be sure to catch our episodes every Monday morning by pointing your podcast catchers to feeds.priorityonepodcast.com and stay in touch with us throughout the week by following our social media websites. Head over to facebook.com forward slash priority one podcast and give us a like or check us out on Twitter via at priority one pod. You can even join the Priority One podcast chat in-game. Just type forward slash channel underscore join space Priority One. Admirals, we want to thank you for your ongoing support of Priority One podcast. Thanks to our patrons, we've already hit our monthly running costs. And with additional contributions, we can continue to grow the network and bring you more of the content you love. Please consider a financial contribution via our Patreon page at patreon.com forward slash priority one. Even if you can't make a financial contribution, sharing this podcast with your friends is a great way to support the show. And don't forget to tune in to Priority One Productions Guard Frequency podcast at guardfrequency.com, covering the ongoing development of Chris Roberts' upcoming space sim Star Citizen. If you like this show, then listening to Guard Frequency is the logical choice. The Priority One fleet is recruiting and there's never been a better time to join. If you're interested, just shoot us an email with your at handle and we'll be sure to send you an invite. The email is incoming at PriorityOnePodcast.com And now, you can become part of our Klingon fleet division, Warriors of Priority One. Today is a good day to join.
If you'd like to see more from our fleet, be sure to tune in to the fleet live stream at 8pm Eastern every Saturday night at twitch.tv forward slash priority one. And we'd also like to cordially invite you to the big fleet party in celebration of our 250th episode. It'll take place on Saturday, December 5th in game from 6 to 9pm Eastern. We'll have lots going on and some great prizes to give away. So stay tuned to our social media channels for the details. A special thanks to Zane of Star Trek Alliance of Role Players for joining us this week. Thanks to the entire team behind Priority One Podcast for their ongoing, dedicated and consistent contributions over the years, including our executive producers, Elliot and Elijah, our audio engineer, Michael McDonald, with audio assistance from Brandon Parker, Jake Morgan as Maria DePost and James Calvin. Thanks to our graphic artists, Romulan Ale and Jason Smith. And if you enjoy our comics, the creator of our comic series, Jonathan Towery, can be commissioned at Towery Designs, that's T-O-W-R-Y designs.deviantart.com. Thanks to all our bloggers and their managing editor, L. To the writer of our prelude dramas, Jake Morgan. To our video editor, Jerry Tillman. And to consultant Midnight Shadow 7 of Sweet Media for supporting this show. Thanks to the composer of our theme music, Chris Watts. Thanks to our syndication partners, Subspace Radio and Trek Radio. Most importantly, a big thanks to you the STO community and our listeners because without your ongoing support none of this would be possible Red Alert! Ready Weapons Engage! Captain's Log, Stardate 69257.5. The Dakir class Vulcan Science Vessel. The Dakir class Vulcan Science Vessel Yellis at the request. Uh, God, this is not going well. Okay, this is Cookie, and I'm reading Emergence Part Two. Kind of getting far away from the mic. Hey, wait up! Hey, wait up! And I'm getting closer and doing it softer. Hey, wait up! Hey, wait up! Is that softer? I don't even think it's softer. I just did some jumping jacks so that I could be out of breath, so I'm just gonna move on to the... Okay. Permission to come aboard, Captain? Jace is here? Oh, sorry. I don't know what I'm supposed to be... What the... Why? Am I supposed to be upset? Happy? Jace is here? Oh, sorry. Jace is here? Oh, sorry. I don't get it. I don't get that line. I don't get it. Jace is here? <laughs> oh, sorry. I don't I don't know what I'm supposed to do there. You might need to tell, tell me to re-record that part. Okay. Um, and then I say maneuvering thrusters to full. Ooh, I like that. It sounds hmm. 
You have to go first because you're... Oh, I keep forgetting this. Yeah. I, I'm looking at the chat. I'm used to you going number one. This is Mark Intro Sync 1. This is Kenna Intro Sync 2. This is Winters Still with Intro Sync 3. Oh, God. Because you all switched. I'm number uh. two. <laughs> Admirals, as you know, this is the last episode for our big 250th. Sorry, and man, could as... you go back? You Sorry. said four instead of B4. Oh, did I? Yeah, oh. just just start again, please. Sorry. Oh, okay. You forgot about the B. The B. Because I'm all about the B. Never mind. Admirals, as you know, this is our last episode before our... Did I say it right this time? Didn't I? <laughs> I'm now doubting myself. No, no, you're fine. Trust me, you can do it. You can do it. I, I can do yeah, it. Yeah, I would like it noted that I did not screw up first. Yeah, it was me. Come on, it's all screwed up me. Yeah, Kenna, when it's all edited, trust me, you will be the first. <laughs> Thanks, Winters. <laughs> so, what did I ever do to you? Oh, well, now that you mention it, here, I have this big list. <laughs> That's unkind. <laughs> okay, swiftly moving on. You can do it, Mark. You can do I it. I can. You can I know. do it. I believe in you. Put your back into it. <laughs> Come How on, Mark. I know you were going to say that. <laughs> I was waiting it. on it. Come on, Mark. If you let me start, <laughs> that would be your thing. I'm, I'm muting my mic. No, he's not. No way, he's not meeting it at all. He's, he's totally going to troll me. I know, you. he is going to troll me. Careful, uh-huh. careful. First off, Stop we should it. say that this should... I was going so well with that. <laughs> he is so good. God, he's like earlier. professional troll mode tonight. I know. Professional <sighs> troublemaker. Folks, I'm not saying a word. He's not saying a word, but if you had to word. see the show notes. Oh, you should be seeing the shenanigans that's going on with uh-huh. his cursor. Right now, I think you find the bet he's put it away, Winters. It. <laughs> oh, God, I, I have jokes for that later, but I'm remaining professional. <laughs> <laughs> that last sinister kind of and tune in after the show for Priority 2 featuring an hour long of Kenna giggling maniacally. Yep. <sighs> I'm shutting up now. <clears throat> hey, you guys, you know, you know what I thought was the best part of this episode? Because I've already played it, obviously. Early adopter. Are we, are we putting out, like, spoiler alert? No, 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 because this bit will get cut. Okay, no, just in case anyone in the chat, but never mind. No, but you know what the best part was? We're all going on a captain's holiday. No more fighting for a week or two. Fun and horgons on a captain's holiday. No more worries for me and you. For a week or two. Winters, I had that loaded up before you messaged me that. Excellent, that was excellent. We're on the same wavelength, bro. Yep, that's quite scary. (laughs) I I messaged him, I was like, crickets. (laughs) Crickets. Get the crickets ready!
Kenna wouldn't shut up before we went on air, everybody, <laughs> saying how she yeah. was going singing a song. <laughs> and that's clearly it. Yeah. Oh, I've had it in my head all day. Well, the last couple of hours, anyway. <laughs> right. And I will have it in, the, in my head for the next couple of weeks. Every time somebody mentions this episode, I'm going to think, Captain's Holiday. I am still going to randomly message you. <laughs> <laughs> uh, fun and Horgons on the Captain's and, uh, Holiday. Moving on. <laughs> Swiftly. Hmm. Yeah. The issue with gold members not receiving... <laughs> Sorry. What the freaking hell has happened to her now? I don't know, but... I saw a gold member, like, in Austin Powers. <laughs> no, it's just... I've, I, I just read it, and then I thought Austin Powers gold member, and... I like gold. <laughs> <laughs> I love gold. <laughs> I had an unfortunate accident with a schmelter. Schmoking <laughs> <laughs> oh, a pancake. <laughs> Can I? Sit? I'm just gonna say gold subscribers. Subscribers. There we go. Okay. Yeah, it's like you'd have had another song there. What? Gold member. <laughs> <sighs> can I can I do my bit now? Okay. Okay. The issue with gold subscribers. For God's sake. <sighs> I bet gold member is looking pretty okay now. <laughs> I'm not gonna say it. I'm gonna. Say, uh, you know what I'm saying. You know what I'm thinking, and I'm not gonna say it. Yep. And thank you again for mentioning Cecily Adams not being on the Momo. I can't say it. Oh my god. Dilithium, dilithium. Most importantly, a big thanks to you, the STO community, and our listeners, because without your ongoing support, none of this would be possible. None of these shenanigans would be possible without you. None at all. You. The enablers. Wunderbar. <laughs>